I'm Morgan Barnhart. And I'm Brad Acree, and you're listening to Underrated America Cincinnati. We started this podcast to shine a light on the gems of Cincinnati and show listeners what makes this a great place to call home. And why we're proud of our city. So we're going to highlight the food scene, culture, nightlife, entertainment, the arts, and everything that makes the city great. Especially the leaders, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making it all happen. This This is is Underrated Underrated America, America, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. My name is Robin Cohen, and this this sounds like I'm making a confession in a way. <laughs> what I do you in my own be. words, that's that's kind of challenging. I feel like I do a lot of different things, and a lot of different things have led me to to what I do currently. But I would say Pilates and Thai yoga, yoga, holistic health. I know we knew you, you did a lot, so when we we're like, I know she does way more than Pilates, so this is gonna be interesting. We were prepping for the interview, and we're like, I know Pilates because in my mind, Pilates comes up first. Because Molly, uh, my wife, uh, teaches Pilates. So um, I think of that first. But I was like, I know she does a lot more. So we're going to learn today. Yes, yes. Well, we wanted to also start off with what your Cincinnati origin story is. Because we know you're not from here and you've lived in a lot of cities. So how did you make your way here? Well, that's a fun story. Um, First of all, to be completely honest, I had no idea where Cincinnati was on a map. Geography is not my strong suit. But uh, I was led here because of baseball, but baseball was never something that I thought I would end up doing or honestly, I used to have um, an ex-boyfriend that would drag me to baseball games and I felt like it was watching paint dry in all honesty. (laughs) So do the Reds know that? They might, (laughs) but I have grown a love for baseball now and once you start working in it, it feels very similar to like my back, my background is performance. So it feels like you're watching performers on the field. And when you get to know those people, you have an admiration for them, an understanding, you care for their well-being. So it feels different. But what really got me here was, um, so I was dancing professionally in Los Angeles. I got a bachelor's in dance in Philadelphia, which is where I lived after I moved from my hometown, Kansas City, Missouri. And then upon leaving Philadelphia, I moved to L.A. to pursue dance and did that for a bit, was also a magician's assistant for quite some time. So I was like the girl in boxes. Um, I've got scrap all the questions. (laughs) (laughs) That was seven years of my life. It's, It's actually a pretty big part of my life, but it feels so long ago at this point now. So Pilates has always been the way of saving me financially from gig to gig because when you're a performer you're generally a starving artist unless maybe you're dancing behind Beyonce right so um and I actually segueing back to college I hated Pilates I took Pilates mat class in college did not like it my low back hurt my hip flexors ached like I was just thought that this type of fitness is not for me but I realized it was the way it was taught Mm. and also particularly maybe that instructor. And I probably didn't have enough knowledge of how to move my body correctly, even though I was a dancer. Like as a dancer, you're used to just making shapes happen regardless of the impact or the harm it can do on your body. You just make things look good. So 
when I moved out to LA, I had a friend in college that said, if you want to work this physical therapy studio, they'll put you through their Pilates program. It's thousands of dollars. They'll pay for your way as long as you're a physical therapy aid for like $10 an hour. And that was back in 2007. And I was desperate and I wanted to dance. So anything that could support me, even though I didn't like Pilates, I thought you just have to eat it and you're going to do it. So, um, but I realized that there was a difference from the West coast to the East coast, as far as how they taught, like, Hmm. uh, East coast was always an imprinted spine, like no daylight underneath your lower back. Whereas when you're standing, your skeleton has a natural curve in it. And why would you always want to compress the spine? And West coast seemed to teach more of a neutral spine, which felt a lot better on my body. I teach a little bit of both now, um, depending on like what position you're in. While I was going through their program, it was nine months of different modules and observation hours, self-practice and teaching. And then you had a practical exam at the end where, you know, if you were given to me as a client and you have, I don't know, Achilles tendonitis and you've done Pilates one time and then I'm watched as I instruct you and then an anatomy test as well. But regardless to say that like was definitely my bread and butter financially as I was trying to dance and then pursuing magic and you just do it for the love of the art and you're making peanuts. But so it was always like paycheck to paycheck living in Los Angeles, which is stressful in a very expensive city. But I loved what I did and I hustled all the time. And I don't think that part of me has left the building. I hope it does soon because I'm like ready to slow down a little bit. So I was working in a Pilates studio in LA and, um, Jock Peterson, who was on the Dodgers at the time, wanted to do Pilates and I happened to be in the right place at the right time. It was just kind of serendipity for me. And the strength coach at that time called into the studio and my then boss handed me off to them. So I was training them in the off season three times a week. Uh, for three or four months. And then they started bringing in their president of operations. And I had a blast because I got to really torture three (laughs) strong guys when my background was really physical therapy, rehabbing people that might not even be able to stand up from the floor. So completely night and day. And I loved being able to to gently torture people (laughs) or just having this spectrum of like, I don't have to coddle you as much. It's just, you know, different ages, different needs, different populations. So I had a blast and then I thought, well, that's done. And I really enjoyed that, but just, you know, I kept moving on, but then the Dodgers started to like slowly sprinkle me into their system with like rookie camps, winter camps, and they happened to have a reformer there. And then they invited me to spring training. So it's a different role than I'm in currently with the Reds, but, um, my role with the Reds is much more established. I was kind of popping in and out with the Dodgers. But then in 2019, which now we're getting to your actual question, the Dodgers made a four-man trade to the Reds. So it was um, Alex Wood, Kyle Farmer, which we still have, and uh, Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp. And I worked with three of those guys primarily. So Uh, My then boss, again, with the Dodgers said, why don't you reach out to Matt Kemp and just see if he wants to do Pilates? And most people in L.A. don't have that type of personality, like spread the wealth, like go get yours. It's usually I would just want to keep you wrapped in this container and don't want you to succeed, really. So I was 
really impressed with him. The fact that he was like, you do good work, go pave your way, like shine your light. And I reached out to Matt Kemp, not thinking he would actually respond because generally when you make $21 million a year, you know, you don't respond to people <laughs> and you have assistance. But he he responded nine days later and said, yeah, I want Pilates. And then I said, okay, do you have an assistant I can connect with? And then we kind of coordinated things and guy got a hold of the Reds and they had never had Pilates they happen to have a reformer lying around, which is kind of random, uh, very random weird. and yeah. an expensive piece to just have floating around. It's highly specific. I mean, yeah. like, it is very highly specific. I later found out one of our um, athletic trainers ordered it 10 years ago f- just to like help rehab some players on because wow. he had a little bit of a skill set. But um, so I came out, but the Reds basically said, you know, we've never offered this before we don't have a budget for this and we'll pay you like a daily rate or like an hourly rate but we'll only guarantee you three hours of work and I told myself you know it's like that little girl when you're looking in the mirror and you're like I'm gonna make this happen like I'm gonna do well and I'm gonna prove them wrong so I went in and three hours a day on my hourly rate turned into like eight to nine hours a day and that year, I owed a lot of money in my taxes. Yeah. Um, I had ironically totaled my car right before arriving. Uh-huh. It was just not a great time of my life. And I was going through, um, I guess you could say, a disengagement. So my life was just kind of turned upside down. And um, But I made, I made out really well financially in like the seven days that I was brought in for. And I was able to pay off my taxes. And... I was like, well, that was really fun. Now, now back to my regular life. And, but then the Reds contacted me again and they said, we'd really like to have you back for one more week of spring training and, you know, we'll pay for your flight and your hotel and your travel, which by the way, Matt Kemp picked up for me, which is one of the nicest things anyone has ever done for me, like believing in me. And while that might not be a lot of money to him for a girl that's like struggling to pay her rent, like that was huge. Yeah. And we didn't have a friendship. Like we had a professional relationship. So for someone to just extend their arm out like that, it meant so much to me. Like I believe in you and I want you here and and Matt Kemp at the time too because he was an all-star. I think he really set the tone for the younger guys who then it just caught on like wildfire. So I went back for the final week and then um the strength coach at that time said, you know, we helped me look at these resumes for people in Cincinnati who I think might be good fits. And I really wish because now the city is, it's like a big little city here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I wish a great I would have known who those people were because, or remembered my memory fails me often. I feel yeah. like lately there's too much up there, but um, there were some good candidates and I, I picked out two in particular. And then he came back later that day and said, actually the guys feel comfortable with you could you give us a number by the end of today? You would work 84 home games, six hours a day. And when the team leaves, you won't work. Like you can do whatever you want or you can find another job. But, and my eyes were wide like they are right now. And I I called my dad. I like walked out onto the field and I was like, dad, you'll never believe this. Like, what do I, what do I ask for? Like, I have no idea. And if I can't have someone sublet my apartment in LA, like, and I can't afford that and then an an apartment here. Mm -hmm. 
So my dad was like, you know, always ask for more and then they can come down. (laughs) So I asked for what I thought was, was good. And, you know, they brought it down a little bit, but it was still, it was great compared to what I was making. And I was just working my butt off in LA. So that's how I got to Cincinnati, but I was on a three month contingency with the team to see if the players would continue on like it you know if they would hold retention basically Mm -hmm. and that also scared me too like I'm going to drop all my clients my performance life and hope that like this works yeah and I could be sent home after three months but then I finished off the season and then I've been renewed luckily ever since One of the big questions that Brad had was how you got professional athletes to kind of buy in on Pilates because I, I know think specifically baseball players baseball, because I yeah. feel like I I don't know and this is probably my ignorance I feel like some like if you said that you worked for FC Cincinnati and the soccer players and there's no disrespect to soccer because yo Brad I, play soccer. I played soccer okay I play, so you, we play <laughs> soccer together actually. Um, I feel like they would be more open to it, but my, you know, the stereotypical baseball player is like a big, you know, a big stereotypical jock, really. But, you know, it sounds like you have some more forward thinking. Um, Especially with Matt, like behind her, really, like, I feel like when you have an all-star like that, it's like, look, guys, this works. I mean, that's amazing that you had that support. Yeah. I mean, if there's an all-star that is saying this is helping me. I'm probably going to listen to what yeah. he's doing. I'm sure it's easy. Well, we'll let Robin answer, yeah. but I'm sure it's easier now like than before. I mean, you heard way back in the day, like, oh my gosh, are the NFL players doing ballet? What? <laughs> and now it's people are more in attune with like, okay, you have to have all the tricks in your toolbox because talent is just like rising, like as a whole, like people are getting more and more talented. So you really need every tool in your toolbox to, to compete at that high of a level. Yeah. But Yeah. To answer that question, I would say that the reformer did a lot of the marketing for me. So in Arizona, we have a big gym where it's just like this big open room. So that was a difference too, of like going from this kind of serene, intimate teaching setting to I'm like yelling at them (laughs) just so they can hear me over the loud music. And it is like every type of genre going on. Um, And it's just one of those things where a guy sees a guy doing something that they'd never seen before. And they're like, well, what is that? Like, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. Or I want to, I want to taste that. I want to drink that. Like, you know, it's like just the curiosity of what is that? So that free marketing has, has always helped me just kind of being out in the open and then seeing how I use this apparatus and how it can help them feel better. Yeah. Although I will say, you know, going back to the torture element, <laughs> I have really severely backed off of that unless a player asks for that or I feel like there is a giant weakness, which there often is, where I will say, well, we can do all these really nice things, but I really think this is important for you because of X, Y, Z. But baseball breeds all different kinds of bodies. We have really tall, thin guys that are like Gumby that need more strengthening. And then we have, you know, maybe short, stout guys that cannot rotate well like it's very interesting because if you look at a field like they're all 
different weight, size, statures. Like you can have a guy that's like five, six, and then you can have a guy that's like six, six. But I would say the best buy-in for me, and I think that's what's like coined this like mobility coach for me is that I really focused on them feeling better coming off of my table because really being placed into the setting with the reds, I get to see what they have to do all day long and it's exhausting. So they want a reprieve, at least in my opinion, to feel better, to, to feel stretched, whether it's hamstrings or hips or like thoracic spine. So I think I've taken like what I know and kind of curtailed it into my own version of Pilates mobility on the reformer. Like how can I use this in a way where Again, they're going to feel really good coming off the table to want to keep coming back. But it depends on the person and the body and the personality, obviously, um, because it's I only do individual sessions. And some guy might say, hey, I have 15 minutes and I want to focus on this and this. And then got it. Let's let's move forward. So that's also the difference is like I'm not teaching hour long sessions like I would at my studio. Um, I might just have them for 10 to 15 to 40 minutes max. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, a good segue. You'd mentioned your studio. Are you taking, you know, non-REDS clients? Yes. I have all different ages or populations. I, like this morning, I had a young lawyer who is, um, I think she's just 30. (laughs) That feels so young to me now. (laughs) And then I have, I had an 80-year-old man today who's also a lawyer and still working and does Zumba every week, but he does Pilates as well. Um, so that that's where the studio affords me the opportunity again to just work with different types of bodies and people. So, uh, and what's yes. the name of the studio? The studio is called the ritual. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love, I love the name ritual and I feel like what inspired you, uh, to name the studio that? Well, growing, growing up, Uh, in different studios, there were things that I learned that I liked and things that I hated. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, and this is just me speaking, this is not a dig on anyone else. I would never want to put my name in the studio in case I sell it or in case it evolves. I would never want to put Pilates or like I also offer Thai yoga because what if it changes? Like I change like the seasons, Mm -hmm. right? Like I am not who I was five years ago. I I hope I keep getting better and better. But I just kept thinking of what could it be where, you know, you have a morning routine or, you know, you have something that involves a ritual to take care of yourself. And that's where I wanted to en- encompass something that involves self-care for yourself, but I'm not pigeonholing my business in case it changes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think that's smart. great because we were – I mean, I know Brad um, said that his wife, who's a Pilates instructor, always gets like the, the question like, well, what's the difference? So No, usually she gets uh, – you're a yoga instructor, right? Oh, yoga. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people and think she's that like, she's a yoga – no, I'm not, not a yoga, yoga instructor. instructor. But, but you do like You everything. do everything. So if you could describe to the listeners like the difference between the Thai yoga, regular yoga, reformer. I absolutely love the reformer. I, I need to get back in and I definitely need to come check out your studio. But I have ref- one at my house and I don't what? use it. Yeah. I did oh, not man, know Brad. that you had one. That you're spoiled, man. I don't have one. My wife does. Ugh. And she doesn't. She uses it all the time. She will share, I hope. you through. Oh, God. Uh, that, you 
speak of torture, yeah. <laughs> uh, me taking classes for my wife would be torture. I did that when she was in training. I was going to her like classes and she's great. Uh, I hear all the time that she's great. We don't mesh well in that scenario. <laughs> I think it's hard to teach family yeah. or just work on your family. It's just you don't have as much patience, I think, or <laughs> yeah. empathy. So at least I don't. I she get... says I complain too much. <laughs> I bet you, you do. probably do. <laughs> yeah. Robin are shaking her heads. Sounds about right. Yeah, like, yeah. That's about right. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I'm sorry. The difference. No, you're fine. Um, We're just chatting. Yeah. So I get this all the time. Um, people that are not used to Pilates or yoga where I hope these yogis don't come after me. Um, <laughs> I, I took teacher training in and like uh, Hatha yoga. So it's more like alignment based flow. You're not holding poses for forever. Um, it's not power yoga. Um, I've taken all different types of yoga. I still think I prefer Hatha the most just because I don't love to stay in poses for forever. It can kind of feel suffocating or torture-like. I do take hot yoga myself from time to time. Um, I also love like more of like a power yoga and then a yin. So I'm coming down like you're bringing my parasympathetic nervous system down to relax. Mm. But Yoga and Pilates. Pilates is strengthening the smaller intrinsic muscles, um, which are your like small stabilizing muscle groups, which helps prevent injury. So going back to cross training, if you are working in the gym, you're working the larger global muscles. So that's why they're a nice complement to each other, because often men complain in Pilates because you're not used to feeling those smaller muscles, which generally, but I can't assume for everyone, right? You can assume for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only for you. But generally for women, it's easier to find those muscle groups and sometimes often harder for us to access the global muscles. But again, this is completely body dependent. It wouldn't be fair to, to say that, that everyone's one size. So and then for yoga, you are like in Pilates, your ribs are constantly mostly closed because it's almost like if your ribs are like two elevator doors, we want to bring them together. Whereas in yoga, your ribs are expanded. We want to open the heart, but then your abdominals are in stretch. Mm. So yoga is more focused in a different way in breathing, holding poses to elongate the muscles, but where uh, yogis often get injured is because they're hanging out in a pose rather than still drawing the muscle groups in. So that's where a lot of injuries happen there. And generally Pilates is done on an apparatus and yoga is done with your body on a mat. Hopefully that answers that a little yeah, bit. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome. And then Thai yoga, usually um, when people don't know what that is, <laughs> I was trying to explain this to my parents last night, <laughs> that I would say Thai yoga is a combination of like massage, minimal chiropractic, physical therapy, assisted stretching. It's almost like lazy man's yoga. Or if all those elements had like a love child, it's wrapped into 90 minutes of that. So it's definitely more of an interactive uh, type of massage, but you're fully in clothing. And I start the client seated, lay them on their back. You flip onto your stomach. That's like the traditional element, right? And then you flip back onto your back. But I'm also using my body as the instrument. So I'm using like my elbows, my fingers, my feet. Like some clients say it feels like I have four hands on them at certain times <laughs> because I'm pushing and pulling and like 
it's almost like a cat, like kneading into the muscles. There's like rocking and rotating. It's, um, it's almost like you were just like put on a rack and completely stretched out in a way, but I'm the machine and doing all the work. And Mm. oftentimes a lot of clients are like, how many of these do you do a day? I used to do three, but it's again, 90 minutes for one session. And I, it's so much to give and I have to be in the right mindset to want to give to you in that way. And I'm also receiving in a different way. Whereas if it's a silent session, which generally it is, unless we're quite chatty, then it's like this moving meditation for me because I, ironically, everyone holds tension in different places, like their neck, their shoulders, their lower back. I hold it a lot in my hands. Hmm. So by me using my hands on someone else, like I get to feel a huge anxiety release when I'm done too, if that makes sense. No, that totally yeah, makes sense. Cool. I had no, I did not know what Thai yoga was. That was I not, didn't either. I, that ex- that's not what radar. I expected at all. And now I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's hard <laughs> to explain. And, and I usually ask someone when they're new to my studio after they've received a session, like, how would you explain it? And they, everyone just like, looks like zenned out and like ready for a nap. And some people fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're still moving them a around. A lot of people like fall zombies. asleep. <laughs> Mo- um, Molly but that's... got a Thai yoga massage and fell asleep. Oh yeah. And wow. stayed there for a little while after <laughs> because she was asleep. <laughs> but that's the biggest compliment to me. Yeah. Like if you fall asleep, you trust me, you're, you feel yeah. safe with me that you can just like go into another planet. Yeah. So, so they're not actually doing poses themselves. You're really just positioning their body. Yeah, so no, you're I'm positioning like... them. I might like have their hands behind their back and mm-hmm. I'm rotating wow. them like with my leg yeah. behind them and manipulating them. So you, I just might tell you where to place your hands at the beginning, but that's basically it. That's really cool. Yeah. Lots of trust involved. I feel like I could benefit from like all of these because you were talking about like some people that can't rotate. I think that's me. I don't know. Like I've torn both of my ACLs and I've had bad hamstrings and hip misalignment. Like I feel like I could benefit from all of this. Well, I've benefited from your services now. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's only fair. Yeah. I now that it. we're we've got through closing. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. We had to we had to ask Robin to join the podcast the day of closing because I was like, Brad, I, I'm not gonna ask her until we finish her deal first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of you were saying trust. Yeah. Um, like the Thai yoga, I'm all up in your business. <laughs> so hopefully you're you're comfortable hopefully i'm disarming enough that you feel comfortable but talking about trust like you going through and combing through all of my bank accounts and Mm -hmm. everything like just when i thought i was done sending the last thing to the processor yeah like that's a whole nother level of trust too like i'm just standing here naked and here's like my entire background Choose me. Yeah. Choose me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it is not a fun process to go through no. it is a buyer. And that's why, like, if you have the right team and it's like, Hey, I know this sucks, but this is what we need. And step-by-step step, get through it. And some, you know, some deals are, are easier than others, but the self-employed people, I mean, it's, it's a lot more of a complicated process, but you know, being self-employed, it's such a rewarding thing. So whenever, you know, I hear a lot of people, a lot of loan officers will cherry pick and they won't even handle like self-employed people because it's just really complicated. But those are the people that are usually the most financially successful. It's just like figuring out how to, you know, present it to the underwriter to show, um, to show everything. But 
it is a stress way more stressful of a process for like self-employed borrowers because of all the extra documentation and everything. So, but you were, you were a great student. I give you five stars. Five gold <laughs> stars. You were a great help too, because there were times where I doubted myself, even just, do I not have enough to show and feeling frustrated? And just by you saying like that, this system isn't made for people like you mm-hmm. and I know a lot of entrepreneurs that do well and still struggle with the same part of the yeah. process. Those are the moments I hate being 1099. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it can be really frustrating. Like I have it. I know it's coming from different pockets. Right. It exists. Yeah. Yeah. That is the biggest struggle with the self-employed. And it's like, you'll see someone even more successful. Well, here, the, the great benefit of having your own business is, you know, some of the tax write-offs because you guys sacrifice so much, but, um, then it just makes it harder. But that's a great segue into one of our questions, which is why was it important for you, you know, to start your own business and um, as opposed to working for someone else, because you were doing that, it sounds like you, you had just a great opportunity for this, but what led you from, I guess we didn't talk about the transition from like, you came here working for the Reds, but then you, you had the opportunity to open up Ritual, which is a whole different like segment the um, in and of itself, yeah, the ritual. Just for Sorry, anyone Brad. googling it the out there, it's like ritual. the Costco. You don't say Costco, <laughs> you say the Costco. <laughs> the or at ritual. least my mother does. Um, <laughs> yes, the ritual. Um, that is a good question too. And sometimes I look back now and I think I'm insane because during the season, my days could start as early as seven thirty, seeing clients. The latest I can finish up is at one. And we had like a 140 meeting often um, at the stadium. And then I'm not leaving that job until there's no real set time. It really depends. Like if there's a rain delay or mm-hmm. there's a player that, you know, is injured and wants me to stay after, you can't really say like, see you tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I would say the latest I've left is like nine, wow. but it still makes for a long day, especially yeah. when you're getting up the next morning. And then I'm like going home in between to put my dog back and let him out real quick. So I definitely live by my schedule. But the reason I think primarily was because you just never know what's going to happen. And I felt like that was a way to cushion myself um, should things change because, you know, baseball is a revolving door in a sense. And I, I love my job. I really, really do. And I hope to keep it. But at least this is like a fallback plan for safety measures. Um, And also I've worked in so many different Pilates studios now where I don't know if it's like a Pilates studio owner thing, but maybe it's like a Pilates LA owner thing. They're like all crazy and (laughs) controlling. And I'm like, this is just Pilates. This is for like holistic health. Why are we... I always just felt like suffocated by a lot of my owners and bosses. I'm like, I'm not making enough money to feel controlled in this way. Like I am, I didn't pick a uh, nine to five. I'm not wearing a suit to work. And I, again, much like with the title of my studio or the, the business name, I learned along the way, even just like about lighting and how important like lighting is or feeling like if it's like a spotlight in my face or the, the ceilings are low, like I wanted bright light and windows and like open and airy and So for me, it was not only a way to have a fallback plan, but to control my own schedule. I don't have to answer to anyone. 
if I leave the studio a mess, I come back and it's the same way. Mm. Obviously, I'm type A and I don't leave it a mess. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's happening. I'm like organization queen. But, you know, it's manicured in the way that I want. And we don't have much that we can control in our lives. And while, God forbid, like the building could burn down (laughs) or something terrible, like the way that I left it is the way that I'll return to it. And if I don't want to work for a day, then I choose to take the day off. I don't always do that. I need to be better about having those boundaries, but, or if I want to take vacation, I'm not submitting a request. Um, there is the backside of the business, which is more tedious of like, I don't like being like the police officer or, and by that, I mean, like, I would rather have someone else ask for my client's money Yeah. while it is like a full circle of exchange. I don't like being the bad cop by, you know, having conversations about, okay, well, you late canceled an hour before your session, so you're going to be charged. It's in the paperwork you signed, and just by rescheduling later on the week doesn't mean you cancel out that. Especially as a small business owner, like, that time was blocked off for you. I don't have any other way to make income in that hour. So that has, I think, always been the challenge no matter where I've gone is um, having that respect from clients, but if you don't respect my time, I don't want you as my client, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think most um, people who are in a similar field, they don't understand the impact that it has on the small business owner to have like a late cancel type situation. But um, I especially know like Thai yoga, it's an hour and a half, which really turns into almost two hours yeah. by the time right. the client leaves and I and after. switched over the bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that part of my business, I think that's the only thing I don't like where I'd rather have someone else call them and have that argument. Because I'm the one providing the service. I don't want them to dislike me, obviously. But it's just, again, it's just a matter of uh, financial exchange and the way that the closed circle loop goes. And But other than that, like, I love having my own space. It's great. So a question for you in regards to your experience in Cincinnati. Um, I'd love to hear from you, like, what inspires you about Cincinnati and um, why do you continue to choose to live here? Well, again, like I said, I never really knew where Cincinnati was on a map. I, um, so when I got here in 2019 and I tried to find a second job, but baseball schedule and hours are inconsistent Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a car here at the time. I lived like right in front of the ballpark and I just gave up. I just surrendered. I was like, okay, I'm going to be like a lady who lunches that doesn't have that kind of bank account. I'm going to walk all over. I'm going to go to the park. So I really got to explore on foot. So not only did I realize like how exhausted I was, but I realized how hard my life was in LA. Like it it was eye-opening to how much money I was paying just to survive and live there, um, like as a single person on one salary and how much time I spent commuting in my car. And I mean, I remember going to Taglio and OTR and I asked the waiter what glass of wine he recommended and he was like oh well, this rosé is really nice but it's eleven dollars <laughs> and I kind of started laughing which I, I hope he wasn't offended by but eleven dollars for a glass of wine sign me up you know what send the bottle yeah <laughs> so I it was just eye-opening to realize my life can be so much better and I'm ready for that change I don't need that hustle and now going back to LA too, I feel it literally stirs up anxiety in me. Like the way people live, the, what can you do for me rather than a genuine connection? People are, 
in my opinion, are so nice here. Um, they look you in the eye. They can have genuine conversation. Um, it's easier to make friends here. I feel like too, because you can actually see them. You can get to them, which was the challenge in LA. Like you could live five miles from me, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that could be 30 to 40 yeah. to, yeah. to an hour to get to you. I love the green spaces here. The parks are magical. I find the city really charming, honestly. And, um, I never thought I would ever be a homeowner. Like I just didn't see it in the cards for me and I could not be a homeowner in LA guaranteed. Yeah. My brother is currently trying to, he's, they've been trying to go through this process for four years just to get a house. Um, I, I never thought I'd live in Ohio. <laughs> I don't, I can't say I'll retire here, <laughs> but I really like it. I think it's so charming. I love the food, the people we could work on, healthier food though. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's gonna, one of my yeah, questions. I was going to segue well for you. Yeah. So Robin and I have like a similar experience because I w lived, lived in LA for nine years. I think I told you that. And same thing. I mean, I remember being a Midwesterner and going out there, just going for a walk. I was like, Hey, hi, how's it going? People look away. Like they, they do not want to see you. They, they look down at their phones and then it's totally keeping up with the Joneses. Like a Tesla out there is like a, a Toyota Camry. And I mean, that's like literally <laughs> you're like, I was, I remember I moved out there. I had a Toyota Highlander. I was like, oh yeah, like it's a nice car. It's not a bad car, but I, it's solid. You, car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> solid car. You just, it, you really do feel like a peasant out there even if you're even if you get really successful there's just always like it, it's it's insane and even on a double income it's very hard you're all you're doing is working to pay to live there i call it the golden handcuffs yeah <laughs> which is kind of where like my brother works in the industry he's an art director has worked in television for years yeah works crazy long hours and is exhausted and just feels like he's on this hamster wheel, right. but it's such good income. And it's just like, but yeah, you can't enjoy the beach. Like, we, like here, yeah. like you said, I remember missing the green space. There's no, there was no trees. And like, even if you live, I remember being a few miles from the beach. Like I never went there. You're working too much. So I think you highlighted good points of like, being in Cincinnati as a, like you can start small businesses here so much more easier than these major cities. I could never have done that in LA. Right. Ever. Like it's hard to find locations. It's hard to like in the, the price of it all. Um, and then the cost to staff people cause they need to afford to live. So I think you highlighted a lot of people that have come in here. They're like, man, like I could literally never do this in any, in, in other city that's like higher cost of living. But going back to healthy options, I do growing up here and being gone for nine years and coming back, I do see that there's been a lot of improvement. Um, but to our listeners, do you have, I'm sure you've done some exploring. Do you have any of your favorite healthy spots that you just love here when it could be like a juice bar or a food spot or maybe another, um, workout place, anything that kind of helps you stay healthy in Cincinnati? Yeah. I've had to dig deep that I think that was the hardest part of, not hardest part, but a challenge of like in LA, everything is just in your face. Like there's always stuff going on. You really don't have to look hard for it. Um, I still love to know what like new restaurants are popping up. I'm definitely a foodie. I love, love to eat. I love good food. Um, Cincinnati does Italian and steak really well, but we are missing like a sweet green or something. Uh, you know, we have some of those options, but they're not really fresh. 
Um, so for me, after doing research and like finding these little spots, I love Philo Bake Shop in OTR. Their Greek salad is to die for, in my opinion. Love it. Um, there is a farmer. His name is Farmer Andy. He has Cincy Urban Farm. It's on his own property and it's in Sharonville. So it's a hmm. trek. Like you have to be like going out to Blue Ash, but he has these coolers in his shed these kitchen coolers where you just go in at any time. I think it's like eight to 8 PM and it's just an honor system. So he has all these fresh organic vegetables and lettuces, tomatoes, whatever's in season. So you just help yourself and then you can pay via Venmo. There's like a drop box. It is so good. It is the best produce I have ever, ever had. Like I didn't know that a carrot could taste that way. (laughs) And that's even coming from like California farmer's markets. Um, I do go to Finley sometimes I was using, uh, et cetera, ETC produce for a while, mm. delivering that to downtown. Um, where else do I go? Brooded sometimes I make a lot of smoothies at home. I'll like pre-assemble them into freezer bags, put them in the freezer and then be able to like dump them out into my, uh, Vitamix that like is my morning breakfast all the time. And I just add like milk and protein powder, um, holistically last season, um, I was like my unhealthiest. I didn't know how to have a balance between having two jobs and caring for my dog and myself and just kind of like ate my emotions and like taking care of everyone else and not moving enough. So I hired on a health coach. Her name is Evie Takis. She owns Holistically Restored. That's, um, up in like Harper's point, but you can do sessions with her virtually. So that's what I did. And she helped me like really reel things in, like looking under the hood of what's going on in my body. So we did like a lot of like gut microbiome testing or micronutrient testing just to like see what are the missing links and how I can really, um, bump up my health in a way that a Western doctor wouldn't or and there's not, I, I see Western doctors, but I often feel like they cover up things like with a bandaid yeah. rather than like figuring out really what's going on. Um, but she's been a really helpful source. So she was, she's someone that I would suggest if someone wants a coach, uh, to change their life, um, go see her. Um, but food, I do struggle with as far as like healthy options. I love 80 acres. I wish 80 acres could open up their own salad bar. Like, wouldn't that be magical mm-hmm. with their I tomatoes, their lettuces? I feel like grown so much. I just feel like that would take off, even if it was like a food truck for 80 acres. Yeah. I always said that when I came back here, I was like, I want to open up a salad bar here. Like, it, like you know, they don't in, – in L.A. and in other major cities, like every block, there's like green salad or like whatever their names are. It's yeah. always, there's always options. Tender greens, sweet greens. Green. Yep. Yeah. There's a million of them. And it ventured to Denver – like they're starting a venture here, There's, but um, Green District is one that's opening up around here. It's actually one of my former clients manages Green District. Oh, There's cool. one a couple blocks from here, and then like Blue Ash. Yeah, um, it's just that there's not enough of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely need more, but they seem like they're investing a lot, so maybe. There's a new one that I haven't tried, but it's on my list is, uh, I think, Fueled Up. It's an OTR. Mm. It's by Taste of Belgium, and it's a sweet green concept, which mm. if you don't know what that is, you like pick your protein, you you pick your base, maybe it's like lettuce or mixed greens mm. or rice and then your vegetables and your sauce. So it seems like they have that concept going on, which I really want to try. But it is a struggle. I I feel like I make a lot of that type of food at home because it's just not available. And I don't know if it's because 
there's a disinterest here and we're in the Midwest, but I crave that because obviously there's times where you just like want to go get that protein salad bowl concoction and you don't want to make it on your own. I agree. Well, those are good suggestions. And I love the farmer's market idea where it's like you just go in. That's amazing. I know. Have you heard of Turner Farms? Turner Farms is a little bit closer. Yes, I have I, gone there as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely like a big fan of Farmer Andy, especially okay. if you want organic because yeah. most of all of our produce is covered in pesticides. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm going to have to check out Farmer Andy's spot. That sounds amazing. This is Brad Acre, co-host of Underrated America and realtor with Better Way Home at Keller Williams Advisors Realty, where I help Cincinnati move confidently. If you are considering a move, you can get more information at mybetterwayhome.com or find me on social at Better Way Home. What was your experience? You know, you talked about, you know, how things got started with the Reds and how that grew. Um, but how did you find community here in Cincinnati. And you actually mentioned that, um, it was, it has been easier to make friends here rather than LA, but like, what was that experience for you, especially considering I think most people lean on when they move to a new place, their work or something like that. It might not be what was available to you. My brother will laugh at this story or my parents, but so when (laughs) this will explain going into that segue, um, So when I was a baby, I, my mom, this is what my mom said. I climbed up on the railing, stood up and just jumped off. (laughs) And my brother says, I'm still that way to this day. Whereas he is more methodical than I am. He pulled out the chest of drawers, like one at a time and made stair steps going down. (laughs) So he says he often like looks up to me now and is like, I just need to like jump off the crib and just like hope that I land. So I moved here not knowing anyone, which I did in Philadelphia too for school, but I started going to Orange Theory because I was doing Orange Theory Mm. in L.A. And that's where I started to meet some coaches there. And then they introduced me to some friends that I currently have now. Um, And it became very easy. Like, again, people were just like, oh, you need to meet so-and-so. You do this. You should. Everyone was so nice. And I was I felt like I had such a good group of friends by the time I left in 2019 that. And those friends have changed a bit and evolved. But I think also, too, as you get older, um, and I can only speak for myself, like, I just want people around that um, provide value. And while I might have, like, less friends than I had in 2019, I also feel like the city is big into drinking. I definitely love to drink. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want it for, like, every social activity. Like, it seems like it's just like going from bar to bar to bar. Like at least in LA, you might go to an art show and like you have cocktails, but there's some event centered around it. Um, but I found some really wonderful people in the city. Um, and some of them are transplants as well, but, uh, I do feel like I run in a smaller circle later uh, now, especially because my life is so full, but, uh, I try to hold those people close to me because, it's so hard to find really good friends that listen to you and want the best for you and support you. And, you know, not those friends that are just like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, where they're not really (laughs) listening, but they, they care and, uh, they want to make your life better. And I want to make my friend's life better. I know you mentioned, so you had your health coach and then you have your smoothies. Are there any other like rituals or practices that help you lead a healthy lifestyle? sounds like you cook a lot at home. You cook organic. 
Are there any other like tips? Because I know you have a lot of knowledge in that category. Most every morning, depending on if unless I have company, I the last I think six months I've had it now. I have an infrared light, uh, near infrared that I sit in front of uh, naked drinking my coffee, which forces me to. I try not to use my phone. Like I'll put my phone away. You can't really see your phone too because the light is like mm-hmm. blinding. So you could meditate. You could focus on your breath. You could read. I literally just sit there and like stare into the abyss and drink my coffee. And I'll like face it and then turn and turn. Mm-hmm. And I'm there for like 15 minutes. And there is a lot of research around the infrared light that can help with your circadian rhythm, your sleep, your skin, your hair, cell turnover, inflammation. I have a thyroid problem. So I'm like always like shining my thyroid into it. Um, my health coach, Evie definitely helped like kind of gently push me in that direction. Cause it's an investment. And people always ask me like, do you notice a difference? And, the biggest difference for me is that it forces me to do nothing. And I am a doer. I'm going all the time. I need to work on actually, as I said earlier, slowing down. But uh, I think of it as like a savings account. Like I might be putting in 25 cents a day, but it's it's like habit stacking. It's adding up over time. So that I try to do every single day. Um, he, you're sitting there. It's not like you have to try hard. I take supplements. I think that's pretty hard to just sit there and not have distractions, actually. I do, like, tend to, like, want to check my bank account or, like, check, you know, my emails where I'm, like, you can do this later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, try to just – that is that's been a task, too, and I'm I'm still not good at that one to, like, wake up and not look at my phone right away. Mm -hmm. My phone is my alarm, too, so, you know, there's a lot of suggestions to, like, put it far away from you and, like – Try to have your morning routine before like going right to your phone because we're in this instant gratification society that wants answers immediately. Um, and then other routines, I was – it's I need to get back into it. I was a good meditator at one point. Um, I would love to get back into that or even like jour- journaling, just like getting your thoughts out of your head. Um, but it's hard to have these pillars of health where you're just doing the most. And then if you feel like you're not doing them, that you've fallen off where you just have to be like, you know, nice to yourself and every day looks different. Um, I try to move. I, and it could be that I parked my car farther away to like purposely walk more or, but I'm not like regimented that I'm like, I go and, and weight lift these times a week. And, and, and because my schedule's just up and down where I've had to learn grace with myself too. I think that's the biggest thing of like, if I didn't do yoga today or I didn't do Pilates, maybe I took myself on a one mile walk or maybe I didn't get to move today and that's okay. Like just having patience with myself, I think is the biggest challenge, but I think it's really interesting to hear from someone in the business and someone who's uh, obviously knowledgeable in so many different ways about staying fit and staying healthy that it sounds to me that it's something like everyone else would describe that you have to work at. Yeah, you definitely have to work at it. I mean, even like the smoothie example, I spend one day of the week chopping up the items that I want to go into these bags so that I have breakfast my entire week. And all I have to do is dump it into the Vitamix and add like the liquid and the protein and I'll make it for two days and like bring it to work. Or if not, like I just miss breakfast, which is not good. Mm -hmm. Um, even trying to have breakfast within an hour of waking for my hormones (laughs) so that I'm more balanced because I, you're supposed to wake up hungry, which I still don't really wake up hungry. So that 
that's something that like Evie has pushed me to do too. Like try to eat within an hour of waking, try to get sunlight as soon as you wake up too, which is helping pump cortisol into your retinas to know like, okay, it's time to go because your cortisol shifts throughout the day. I do a blue light blocking glasses at night. I'm that nerd who has blue light blocking glasses. <laughs> I have them. I need to wear them. I yeah, have them. Mine are in my Especially yeah. if I'm laying in bed and like actually, you know, texting on my phone, which you shouldn't do before bed either. Like I have those on just so that I'm not getting that blue light. That is something else I do. Um, I don't know. There's probably more and they're like nuances that I don't even know that I do, but uh, I have all these reminders going off of my, on my phone all day, which are kind of annoying, but help keep me on track as a reminder. Cause you just, you can't remember everything all the time. Yeah. Are they yeah. like drink water or take your supplements? Those kind of reminders. I, I have like morning supplements that go off. I have like digestive enzymes that go mm. off. I have afternoon. I have like, I take magnesium at night, which yeah, has helped yeah. me sleep better. Yeah. I do yeah. It's kind of annoying. And like I said, and not every day, like there's some days where I'm like, Oh, I missed it. And I just can't feel bad about it. I'm just doing my best and trying to, again, like add into my little savings yeah. accounts so that my health <laughs> continues to grow. My savings account is depleted. Eh, I had this, to do that. In this regard. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. It's, I am so good. I'll be really good about taking supplements because I have um, I've had issues with like digestion and thyroid. And so it, having like a health coach and getting in a routine with your supplements is is huge. And especially with like food allergies and inflammation, which like everyone is experiencing right now. I got diagnosed when I was like nine, which is well before like gluten-free was a thing. And, um, but I think like the meal prep, like you said, and also even just getting those, your supplements laid out like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and those little old people pill bottles. Like if I, I, put <laughs> I look my like vitamins I'm 80, like if you yeah. pull out my supplement drawer, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. I have too many too. That is, <laughs> that is very true. But I think planning ahead, those are all, you had really good points. The last thing I will say that has, I think it was a small change, but it was just more of like a mindful change is getting rid of inflammatory oils. Like I've always cooked with like coconut oil, avocado, olive oil, but by inflammatory oils, I mean like sunflower oil is in everything. I'm telling you, if you pick up really? almost yeah. anything, it's like one of the first ingredients and the way that it's processed can cause inflammation in our body. Um, that is not something I know how to explain. You'd have to Google the like <laughs> sunflower oil process. Um, but I, you know, I'm like an oat milk or like an almond milk drinker. And then after like peeling my eyes open to those things, I'm like, why, are they, why is there oil in my oat milk yeah. or sunflower lecithin? Like oh, is another, yeah, that's in everything. And, and, yeah. I don't even know what these things are. Yeah, Just start to labels. look at the back of labels. I'm telling you it's in like anything that's like shelf stabilized or like palm oil is another yeah. no, no technically. Um, so I got rid of those and I, I feel like my whole body shrunk. Like I lost, but I, I put in a lot of work and it's not really about this, the number on the scale, but just from like getting more sleep, getting outside, reducing inflammatory oils, supplements, blah, blah, blah. Like I lost, uh, I think 15 pounds over last year. Wow. Wow. That's just again, like you never, you don't see the change right away, but just like the little habit stacks really. How can I lose 15 pounds without doing anything? You can't, Brad. Oh. <laughs> like, Rob, I don't want to I, don't I wish give everyone up. could see Robin's face. Oh, wait, we can. We will. I don't want to give up on alcohol. I don't want to work out more. Um, what can mm. I do? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I also eat a lot more 
which is weird. Yeah. I've always wanted. I've always heard that. I've always every time I've tried to lose weight, it's like d- a deficit, twelve hundred calories or less, and it's, no, it's horrible I, for you. I am like, not in a deficit. I am eating yeah. more food than I ever did, but the difference yeah. is I'm eating three meals a day. Mm-hmm. I was a grazer all day yeah. before because I thought I felt better, right? And now it's like this full. I mean, it's like overflowing plate of like colorful food. You have like your protein, your carbs and your fats. And that was the hardest thing for me to wrap my brain around to of like, wait, I can eat a lot more and still not gain a lot of weight. Yeah. But I've really bumped up the protein too more than ever when I was basically kind of this like lazy vegetarian before. (laughs) So (laughs) your health coach sounds amazing. So we'll have to. I want to check her out. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm checking out Farmer Andy. Yeah. Farmer Andy. Andy. He's the man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I haven't met him, but. Yeah, maybe we can get Farmer Andy on the show. I like it. next season. (laughs) So your studio is in the Columbia, Tuscum area, right? I believe. Okay. Very close to Daylily. Yeah. And that's where. Well, I shouldn't say where Robin lives, but that's where you live now, which is it's such the a neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, it's a great community. It's super tight knit. I think it's grown so much like over the years. But what do you f- say is your favorite neighborhood to hang out in? Why? And it, if it is that neighborhood, that's fine. But that's something that we kind of like to touch on um, your favorite spots in the city. Favorite spots. Um, I mean, I live downtown for my whole history here. Mm-hmm. And I lived on 7th and Sycamore and I loved the, I mean, it's a sleepy downtown compared to what I'm used to, but I mm-hmm. love that I could like walk eight minutes to OTR and I could walk to the ballpark in like 10. I definitely love OTR um, because you get like the mom and pop um, feel and like the small businesses and the good food. I just don't want to live in OTR, mm-hmm. but I like being in OTR. Yeah. Um, I love Mount Adams as well, um, just because you get these pristine views, but you can still walk down into the city. That was like another place that I thought I wanted to live when we were starting to look. Um, but Columbia Tusculum, I, I thought made sense, obviously because my business is here, but I'm still like only 10 minutes from downtown, but I'm removed from it all. And now I can see deer in the morning and hear birds and... (laughs) feel like I'm in my own little pocket of, of sanctuary. The Salazars mentioned the deer they as did. well. Yeah. There's coyotes too. Coyotes. Yeah. 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 I think it's cool. Cause it's not, you're not really in a suburb yet. You're like in that, you're in the outer city. So you have easy access, but you still have like lots of options right around. There's walkability. I love that little community. I think Cincinnati is cool. Cause we have lots of pockets like that where it's like, it's not, that's not, I don't really, that's not a suburb. You're not really far out there yet. Yeah. It's just right on the edge enough to get that nature and a, like a sense of community and then still have like small businesses around you. Because if you go further, further, further out into the suburbs, like those neighborhoods, like you're not going to be walking anywhere. To, no. Yeah. I'm excited to see how Columbia Tuscan will transform to over the years because it already has. And day Lily, um, I have a client, Charlie Ritkers, great guy, lawyer as well. It seems like uh, that's a theme with my business for some reason. <laughs> Did you find a lawyer network or something? I don't know. But if I'm ever in trouble, God forbid, <laughs> I, have, I have people on my side. Good, good friends to have there. Um, he had told me for almost a year, like, we're going to open this thing, this really cool concept with Deeper Roots and and Salazar down the street from you. It's going to be a bodega. Like, he was so excited about it. 
And it's been great to see that come to fruition. And I, I literally like, I'm a pusher with my clients. I'm like, go to Daylily, go support them, like go get their coffee because often too, not even just their coffee, but you know, clients are like, we're going to get a good cup of coffee around here. I'm like, Starbucks. I mean, they're, that that didn't exist. We had such a need in my opinion for a bodega and living in bigger cities. I always took that stuff for granted. Whereas I'm often at work and I'm like, I need one onion or milk and I don't want to go to Kroger. That just seems like a chore, even though nothing is really a chore here. Um, So I'm so grateful that they opened up where I can just spend way too much money getting all these bougie pantry (laughs) items. And like they even sell like their chicken stock and you can get gelato. And I saw that they're going to start supporting Yee Mama. Oh, oh yeah, that's so good. So good. I haven't had that. Where is that? It's like a dumplings. It's um, one. I think it's just one lady that does everything. Mm-hmm. So she makes dumplings um, and all different varieties she, and everything. Does she take it to the gro- local grocery stores or like? So you can get it at some... Finley Market. Okay, yeah. but now sense. she's expanding. I think into two other places too. But I I don't know where those are. But that's I saw awesome. the daily sure. is gonna. I first came across it at Wyoming Meat Market which is an amazing place as well. I've Never heard been of there. that. Um, yeah. It's, you need to go. So the owner of Wyoming Meat Market, um, she butchers like more Wagyu beef than like any woman in the country or something. I'm probably misquoting that. Um, but she Sounds is good. amazing. Um, also needs to be on our list of future guests, future seasons. Um, and it's, it's so good. Like if you want to like have a nice meal and you need a, uh, Protein, that's where I would go. Where is it? It's in Wyoming, like the suburb where I've Wyoming. not been there yet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's pretty – is that like 30 minutes or 40? Um, no, I wouldn't – I don't think it's quite that really? far. Okay. I mean, from my house in Pleasant Ridge, it's like 15 minutes, but obviously oh. Pleasant Ridge is a little bit outside of Yeah, so probably 30. Center. I always have to ask the real estate agent where the location of stuff is because you're you're the one driving around. Yeah. I was <laughs> – uh, I saw Anderson Ferry this morning. I didn't actually re- – realize where Anderson Ferry was, but I was at a showing this morning and I found the ferry. Oh so. my gosh. Well, so you talked about the development of uh, Columbia Tusculum. What, uh, what would you say you would like to see in the city in the next five to 10 years um, for as far as development goes? Cause you've seen a lot of cities. So what would you hope to, to bring here in the future? Well, like we spoke about earlier, obviously some health food, um, I feel like there's a big desperation and need for that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that I can at least get a salad now at day Lily. Um, I would, I look forward to the Lunkin, uh, or is it the bike path being fully connected? I feel like that's going to change things up for this area and, um, just more small businesses to fill in around here. Like I'm fortunate that there's that main square of Columbia Tusculum, but I want more, I want more food options. Um, I can't eat taglio all the time, although I love it. (laughs) Um, I think that's the need. And then maybe there are some cute little divey bars, but maybe like a little swanky hole in the wall, kind of like the blind lemon, right? Mm -hmm. In uh, Mount Adams, something like a little underground in Columbia, Tusculum. I don't know. It'd be cool. That would be super cool. I feel like in in LA, we were spoiled with speakeasies and like super... Man, that I totally agree with that. Like the high-end cocktail bars, which luckily we have been 
it's been getting better, but I don't feel like there's enough speakeasies here, which would be No, and I feel like there's a lot of cool underground buildings. Also, Mm -hmm. something else I feel like we're lacking, which I was spoiled with in L.A., is spas, like really cool spas that are not – I mean, I'm sure – I've never been to Woodhouse. I'm sure it's great, but like the Korean bath spas and things like that. Yeah. Where I feel like if we could – take some of these underground buildings and make some sort of bathhouse like with different like cold tubs hot tubs steam rooms i'll back you robin brad and i will back you i like that idea i think that falls in line with you know everything that you're doing right you can run a spa sure why not i'll just (laughs) uh take out another loan (laughs) (laughs) and less time off (laughs) yeah less time off (laughs) we'll just clone me i like it Oh my gosh. What, funny. in your opinion, is the biggest misconception of the city? Like, I'm sure you're having, you know, you probably have people that visit from other areas. Like, what are they coming in that you have to kind of correct or maybe gets corrected while they're here? That there's nothing to do here, that there is not an active community here as far as physical health goes, and that we just eat steak and potatoes. Yeah. I would feel like those are the major misconceptions, which... I was one of those people. I thought the same way. Um, Again, two different cities, right? Coming from LA, everyone like dresses to the nines. It's like, look at me, look what I'm wearing, going out to eat dinner. Where I'm like, no one gives a fuck here. (laughs) Can I sit on here? I'm like, does no one care? It seems like everyone's like, I'm going to go out in my sweatpants to like Jeff Ruby's. (laughs) Not everyone, but I was just like, oh, no one really like, which is fine. I draw yeah. the line at sweatpants. I, mean, I, I, I will judge you if you're wearing sweatpants. I had no. I had that same issue when I came back because I I came back with really fun like crazy outfits and like super like I had this like neon pink sequin sequin skirt and I had this like long sleeve and it was like a um, kidnap letter like it, it like I wore funky outfits and I would go into restaurants when I first moved back and they'd be like. What are you? It, it I always felt that. Yeah, I, you're, I you're feel like, like I'm like way weird. more subdued now in <laughs> yeah. like the clothes I wear. Like yeah. I think I'm almost like boring at this point. But I felt like when I would walk into restaurants at the beginning, it was almost like in a movie scene where like the saloon, yeah. you know, and they're just all like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, but I think still go for it. You can still go for it. But the cool thing is, you can be laid back or you can dress up like you you know yeah. you don't have to succumb but i i know the feeling <laughs> i think we all did though after covid like yeah. all our sweatpants yeah. like yeah. monochromatic suits just yeah. became a thing no makeup. <laughs> yeah we're gonna do that jogger style like fe- the the what do they call it it's like the uh athleisure that's so popular yeah like yeah <laughs> yes well at least someone got creative with covid as far as trying to rebrand in a different way of like how can we sell things but they're just at home yeah, yeah. it's smart <laughs> yeah we've got the the one difficult question oh yeah difficult okay <laughs> was, so uh, this is this is the one i <laughs> This is the one I usually ask at the end. So this might this is a tough one. Using one word or phrase, what would you say is Cincinnati's most defining characteristic? So other guests have said talent, welcoming, catalytic, and this can just be a a little phrase or one word, whatever you choose. I actually feel like this is the easiest question you've asked me all day. Charming. Oh, that's cute. Quaint. 
Nice. Yeah, I like it. Ooh. The biggest little city. <laughs> yeah, when you said that earlier, I was like, that's that's exactly how I feel and how I describe it. It's like it's a little mini Chicago. I mean, like you just run into people all the time too, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. All the time. I mean, it I was kind of the other day that's near right. where you work. Yeah. Granted, but you hey, might have been stopping real still. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I know when I first moved back here that people from like out of town when I would go out and be like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Oh, you just know you run into a bunch of like this is very weird. Like they're like Cincinnati is still a big city enough to where you shouldn't be running into everyone, but it it has that like tight knit community to it. Where it's I still noticed got, a, a lot more yeah. after becoming a realtor, going from like, you know, working in an office to I work all over the city. I'm like running into people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool because and I think to Robin's point, like the accessibility is something that we've highlighted in the show. When you have like when you're in other cities, like it five miles is it can be 45 minutes. So there's not that opportunity here it's like oh hey can you do you want to meet me after work like you don't have to pre-plan your Absolutely. activities you, you can, can be spontaneous yes. which is not something that we could do before no we no. described it on a different episode as non-committal yeah <laughs> rather than spontaneous <laughs> yeah i'm like the non-committal person where i'm like still laying in my bed 20 minutes before i have to leave because <laughs> i love my bed yeah so if, are you the type of person that texts uh, that uh you're on your way but like on your way actually means you're about to get dressed no i'm absolutely on my way okay but I'm now the person that's like arriving on the dot instead yeah. of like I used to be like 10 minutes early and now I'm like right on the nose. It's better than an hour late. Like, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm never an hour late. I'm pretty timely, but yeah. I still I like time things in the minute where I will be in my bed 20 minutes before I have to leave or on the couch, <laughs> like soaking up that rest. You know, actually, with Robin, I had the biggest scare of my realtor career. What is it? What did I do? No, it wasn't you. Well, you brought whiskey, your dog, to um, the showing the house you ended up buying, actually. And the garage door was up and whiskey ran out the garage. And I thought for sure, I was like, we're going to lose this dog and I'm losing a client. <laughs> I was like, my, could you tell how like I, I was like scared? No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were pretty calm and collected and I just was like, stay with my fist. But um Speaking of small city, and you were not going to lose me as a client, but I do fear losing him. He's actually squeaked his body through the fence rails, oh. so I have to figure out some Home Depot situation to wire around oh, the edges. That's a new place, yeah. Yeah, he's so friendly. That's the other like most people know whiskey before they know me. Yeah. I've been walking downtown and I hear like a window roll down whiskey. <laughs> like people love him. Love him. You should have brought him. He could. Oh, he would have been laying in my lap. He would have yeah. been. He's like my emotional support. Dogs allowed. We should yeah. make that rule. I he love that. Super cute. Yeah. He's like a little teddy bear. You can follow him on Instagram if you want. Oh. Whiskey the Pooh. <laughs> Whiskey the Pooh. I have a poodle too. I have an Aussie doodle. They need to be friends. I know. Is he a mini or how big is he's he? He's seven pounds. Okay, mine's fifty. So he was supposed to be but seventy. They're from but the same family. Yeah, so. they are. They're yeah. cousins. They all play the same. They like pounce around like little deer. It's very <laughs> weird. They're very jumpy. Yes, um, but he's that's got hops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you guys seen online where the, there was someone that built a fence for their dog and it was a German Shepherd and he just literally hopped over the full fence? Oh yeah. I feel like we. No, no. You're gonna do that <sighs> and Whiskey's gonna find a way. 
but it's nice you live in a community where there's a ton of the Salazars mentioned they they absolutely love like walking their dog and you can really meet a lot of people through that and and connect and we have a decent amount of dog parks too so yeah. okay well I feel like do we have anything else you've highlighted we've highlighted the city we've highlighted you know your business and oh last question yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, I don't Robin. Remember which one we missed? Oh yeah. Okay, so who do you enjoy working with most on the Reds? Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite player? Are you allowed to? Yeah, I was going to say cherry if you pick. Can't, yeah, if you can't answer that, that's okay. But I'd love to to have all the dirt. The dirt. Yeah. You know, spill the tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> it has evolved over the years. It's a revolving door. They're chess pieces. They're young men with big bank accounts, right? They, I'm like, how do we answer this? Because the players that I love are the ones that respect me, appreciate me, value what I do, you know, don't just treat me like the support staff. Because there is, a, again, like we talked about earlier, like a buy-in factor of them trying to work with me and, and trusting me. But there's been people uh, as the years have gone on that I've, I've been really sad when they've been DFA'd or you know, sent to another team because unlike a client that I have, like I can see their growth over time. Mm -hmm. And while I might see someone's growth for part of a season, they could be gone the next day. And you just never know when you're going to get to say goodbye to someone, or you might not even get to say goodbye. So you don't want to be too attached to these people because it's sad. Like that's the part of the business that I really have a hard time wrapping my brain around. Um, There was a season once where, you know, uh, players, I think, get a bad rap of like having these personalities where they don't care or they treat you poorly. And that's definitely not the case. Um, but there are some special ones that come along that like you can really have a conversation with or they've worked really hard for you and trusted you and instilled their faith in you where I was on the plane once we were traveling and a player came back and gave me a bottle of wine after he had a really bad outing. And to me, that was like, I'm not going to see you tomorrow. Thanks for all your hard work. And I'm an emotional person. I just can't help it. Like I'm a sensitive person and there's the whole, like no crying in baseball. I've cried at work plenty of times (laughs) (laughs) once in the stock cabinet. And then like once now we have like a female locker room, but on the plane, like I went to the the bathroom and I started getting teary eyed and like looked myself in the mirror again was like, Robin, this is a business. Like you get it together, like just move on. But it's, it's can be cold in that way, which I've definitely gotten better at. And, and especially like as a woman in baseball, I've struggled with this. Like, I think I, I can be over friendly and you never want to send the wrong signal either. Um, you want to be disarming in a way because you want them to feel comfortable to work with you. But I've gotten more cold in the sense of like, it is a business. I'm going to be here to support you and help you, but you're probably or could be gone tomorrow. And that's just the way that it is. So it's a, it's always a way of me having to like sell myself in this business too, because I might just lose three clients in a week and have to regain the new guys that have been coming in that we just got from Seattle or wherever else. Um, But I know you want particular names, but, uh, we have some rookies. Well, that, you know, like Nicola Dolo, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft that, you know, got to have their debuts this season. And 
I got to work with them a little bit at, at our previous spring training. So for, they were brought up into the bigs and it's been really cool to like see their evolution and their grace and their demeanor and, uh, their gratitude. So, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah it does. That's awesome. I didn't think about the fact that you do get to see this like development. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes yes. And sometimes no, like, cause you just, you don't know when they're going to be gone. Right. You know, yeah. they don't know when they're getting traded. Like that's what they signed up for. That's what's hard. It's like, they might have an entire family and be here for a month and then they have to like uproot their lives yeah. again, but that's why they get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I'd move across the country for that. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Like Thank it. you for having me, you guys. Yeah. This is so awesome. I love it. And I feel like this, I'm really glad that you came onto the show because like we were talking about, health is one of the things that I really want Cincinnati to start to care about and like talk about together. And you were the perfect guest to shed light on that. So yeah. thank you. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced and recorded at Play Audio Agency. You can subscribe and follow Underrated America Cincinnati wherever you like to get your podcast. If you'd like to keep in touch, check us out on Instagram and YouTube. You can find links to all of our socials and the show notes. Most importantly, please share with anyone who would also enjoy Underrated America. Until next time, we'll see, we'll see you around Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Lovers or haters, come up and say hi. We dare you, Brad? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think it was.